2: Welcome to The Big Payoff.
3: This is Rachel Bello, And I'm Suzanne Mushin. This is a new conversation about business.
2: We tackle all the personal stuff that really matters to you at work. I'm ready. Are you ready? ready? Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's go.
3: Welcome to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne, and I'm here with Rachel. And this is the second show in our four-part series with Worth FM on women and money. And we discovered this topic thanks to Michelle Smith of Source Financial, who was on our show a couple of weeks ago. And she and her business partner, Amanda Steinberg, have a company together called Worth FM. Amanda's the founder of Daily Worth. And this is such a powerful topic, Rachel. I- I'm afraid that four shows isn't gonna be enough.
2: You know, what's so interesting is, that we're pursuing this series for ourselves first. I mean, there's just no faking it. Every single show, I'm learning something and then applying it and not yet changing my life. But any minute now, (laughs) it's going to change. So today's show is about your fantasies
3: related to money, the danger of magical thinking when it comes to
2: money. And we all have fantasies that relate to money. You know, fantasies are a great survival skill at various moments. I mean, if you don't have the capacity to think ahead and imagine a different life or a different reality for yourself, you're stuck where you are and could, you know, jam a knife into your chest. (laughs) Okay. Wow.
3: That (laughs) wasn't where I was going to go. But
2: it is actually the definition of hope.
3: It is the ability to envision a better world. And there are lots of studies that show that, for example... In under-resourced areas where there are kids who come out of the same community, same bad neighborhoods, same troubled schools, so the difference between the kids who make it in life and go on and have education and, and, and money and et cetera, and those
2: who don't is hope. That's exactly right. And yet, And yet, there's no denying that fantasy, whenever you are in a fantasy, you are not occupying the reality of the present moment. You are not dealing with the reality of the present moment. You're not facing it. And you're in an escape mode, which, as you said, you know, hope as escape is fine, but you can't live there. So we're going to look at three of the most common fantasies that women have in relation to money. And then we're going to bring in Michelle and Amanda. And break
3: this down for you, because every fantasy has a dark side, and we're going to let them talk about what that is. So let's talk about what the fantasies are that you and I, when we started
2: talking about this, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the first fantasy that is very familiar to me is what we call the airlift fantasy, which is if I fill in the blank, move cities all together marry this man, leave this man and marry this man. In other words, if I airlift myself out of my current life and into a new life, a new geography, a new relationship, fill in the blank, everything will be different. I will have money. I will have everything will be different. And related to the
3: airlift the idea that someone is going to airlift you out of where you are right now,
2: you know, it could not, be either way. It, either way, it isn't even necessarily true. What is core to the airlift fantasy is that my relationship to money and my having money or not having money is entirely related to the circumstances of my current life. And all I have to do is just move to another just, city, and it won't follow me. Guess what? I am living proof that it does. <laughs> I moved it happened again and then i moved back and now i'm dealing with the reality that has nothing to do with yeah, where see, i this am this is the problem
3: that you and i've been together for 18 years i cannot get out of this fantasy
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: well I'm stuck well you as well you should be because it's
3: kerching i am your yes. kerching so the second fantasy that many women have is the simple life fantasy this is the one i definitely have this where you just have this moment of thinking, you know what? I could just give it all up. I could move to Vermont.
2: I could have a farm. I could rid myself of all How these- many times have we heard from women, you know what? This job sucks. I get home at 1 a.m. in the morning yeah. and I just want to go Here's the phrase, bake bread in Vermont. Just
3: want to break, well, right, on Scandal. People who don't
2: ever bake, (laughs) ever want to bake bread in Vermont. Well, we had a
3: colleague who used to say she wanted to live on a goat farm in Vermont. Well, then she did. And then she did. But
2: that's the fantasy, right, that at any moment I could just, I don't need all this stuff. That's a fantasy. Well, here's the third fantasy, which is related to that but different, which is, oh, my God, my younger daughter has this in spades. This purchase, this pair of jeans... These shoes, this apartment, when she gets older, will change my life. This one purchase. And, you know, you really do envision it. And here's the danger. Here's the danger. I will be in midwinter. I will see in the window of Bergdorf or something some amazing outfit I will never wear. (laughs) I do not have the life that goes with that outfit. And yet I go, you know, if I bought that dress... And I'm on a cruise ship in the Caribbean (laughs) with that guy who has that awesome beard, a little speckled with white. And all of a sudden, I'm in this fantasy
3: of a life related to that one purchase. It's amazing. You had that also with the biker jacket that
2: you bought. Oh, it did change my life. Mm,
3: Ish. Ah, ah. (laughs) Ish. So these are the fantasies that many women have. We have. You have. We know you do. There are more, but we're going to get Michelle Smith and Amanda Steinberg into the studio to talk to us about this idea of magical thinking and how it's holding you back and what you can do about it. So we'll be back to the studio in just a moment with Amanda Steinberg and Michelle Smith of Worth FM. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne, and I'm here with Rachel. And now we have Michelle Smith and Amanda Steinberg back in the studio. This is the second show in a four-part series on women and money. And today we are talking about the dangers of magical thinking, of the fantasies that you have when it comes to money. So in the first segment... Rachel and I listed off just a couple of fantasies that I think are really common to women. And so what we want to know is, what causes this kind of magical thinking? Why do women—and I'm look, I'm going to ask you later, so you don't have to comment in, on it now. We've assumed that these are fantasies related to women. We don't know that, but let's come— We to, could be outliers. We could be outliers. But let's just ask you the question, why do
4: women engage in this magical thinking? A couple simple things. My perspective is the first one is rescue me, please, and now. Marry that with the belief that money or a lot of it quickly will solve every problem you have. Why is it that 95% of the people that win multi-millions of dollars in lotto run out of it? within 10 years why is it that athletes that are young or young actors get a boatload of money for a movie or a contract and it's gone and they're impoverished and it's the belief that money will solve every ounce of unhappiness in your very soul on top of and please rescue me now wow You know, Rachel and I say this in our consulting practice all the time with
3: organizations. It's a very big thing with nonprofits that we need to tell them money is neither the source of your problems, nor is it the solution. And if you're sitting around as an organization saying, if we could just get a half a million dollars, all of our problems as an organization to be solved, we know you're you're not telling the truth.
2: So that's true. You're saying for people, too. Absolutely. For people. That lotto stats really powerful. It really is. And it's so common with athletes. I mean, I've always said about money and sex that it doesn't... These are not... They're stand-ins. These are proxies for much deeper issues. Money in and of itself isn't real. It
4: is a stand-in. It's a piece of paper. We are human movie projectors projecting our movie on a piece of paper. Wow.
3: Wow. So what I want to know is... What causes these fantasies? Are there certain backgrounds or character traits, something that are are common that lead women to have these fantasies related to money? This magical thinking.
5: You know, I don't see a direct causality. You can see kids raised in the same exact environment who turn out to be completely different. Oh, that's so true. My I would brother and me for sure. I think it's mostly the case. So I would say it isn't particularly upbringings because they're just so divergent. So I don't think I I doubt it. Um, but I think that you know, especially going back to the previous segment on the money story, I think one of the core money stories is that money is not feminine. And so if women and if money is a pathway to having what you want in life, one pathway, not the ultimate pathway, um, and that you feel stuck in any way, women in particular, aren't going to say, well, um, I'm going to go earn that because that once once you start to believe that you can generate it yourself, you might be rubbing up against a really old story around not being feminine or therefore desirable in a relationship or fitting into society or wow. being who you should be in a family. So the only way to get to where you want to go or to have the life that you want is some sort of rescue fantasy where it is given to you or falls upon you as opposed to creating it on your own.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, the thing about fantasy is That's always missing is the part of the story of how you got to it. (laughs) It's always like, and I'm in Vermont baking bread with that fabulous apron on. (laughs) Diane Keaton and Baby Boom. Exactly. That is it. I don't want to know
4: where the water comes from. I just want to turn it on and have it work. Sam Shepard. Right?
3: Yeah. So what's so bad about this? I mean, in the, in the first segment we were talking about, there is something to be said for being hopeful and being able to envision a different life than the one you have. So if that's true, what's so bad about having
4: money fantasies? It's not bad or good. It it's... just might not happen. Well, and also <laughs> definition of fantasy. if you're living and enacting the fantasy and that's your current reality, that's the part that's dangerous, right? So let's separate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again. If you're actually living the fantasy, okay, playing it out, playing it out. Uh huh. That is your current reality because and it's, it's not based. It's not sustainable. Not real.
2: Yeah, it's not real. Okay.
4: So okay. It's let's also separate out two really important different concepts. I don't want people to think that it's not good to visualize what you want and manifest. That is the healthy healthy version of a fantasy I'm gonna I'm a huge manifester and visualize I visualize yes. I do right I vi- I be the ball be yes. the ball right so that's different than oh lotto hit I know these are the six numbers <laughs> and I've already spent it. And it's an hour later and you've given half your money away because women also, if they pick four things they'll do with their lotto winnings, Oh, the first three are giving it away, saving someone else's life, yeah. paying off a mortgage, not taking care of me first. So there's so much time spent on fantasy. Imagine if you took that energy and said, okay, let me strip the whole Cinderella fantasy thing away and say, all right, what am I truly striving for with this fantasy? What's the healthy visualization I'm going for? Is it a house? Maybe it's not the mansion yet, but is it a dwelling? Why a dwelling? What does that mean? How do I get there? That's different than I'm just going to go buy the furniture first, not care, max out my credit cards and live the fantasy because if I act as if, it will happen. That all strikes me as
2: deeply true. And so do the subscribers to Daily Worth, I mean, I subscribe to Daily Worth and I even find myself some days going resisting. There's a moment of resistance to actually engaging with the content because There's something about not paying attention that connects to my earliest stories about money, that there's something about not having to pay attention that I like. And you're making me pay attention every day. I mean, there's a reason I get that email
5: from Daily Worth. That's why it's called Daily Worth.
2: Do you find that women resist having to pay attention to their money or do you draw them in?
5: What's interesting is that it's not particular to women, even though women have a lot of, based on the way we've been raised and socialized, do have a lot of common eyes. But there's all different types. So there's a really diverse audience, which I think is great because then we can draw on all of those energies and, you know, use it to cultivate something new. But yes, I mean, for those of you who do resist, it's because of all those stories that either you shouldn't have to pay attention or you're bad at it, um, et cetera. But notice that you still do subscribe because you you realize that this is a part of your identity that you hope will rewrite. And what we're trying to do at Daily Worth is create a gentle and entertaining enough experience and it is where it's only 20 percent true financial advice intentionally because when we raise it to more than that women really disconnect. So fascinating. Yes, that's why that's
2: I, what I really did notice on the site is it's actually people, not all it's about career,
5: money. entrepreneurship and lifestyle and, lifestyle, and financial right. advice. There's financial advice in every piece on some level. But um, but only 20 percent of it is about like investing or taxes, et cetera. And that's intentional to make to help you even through that resistance, still find it desirable and useful. Fascinating.
3: So now let's go into advisory mode for a minute. So if it's true that women are having these fantasies related to, to money, and I think the ones we named any minute now i will be rescued or any minute now I could just give all this up and live a simple life or That purchase is going to change my life. What are some hacks or simple, and I don't want to say that they're tricks, because we want people doing these, I know you do too, to have a long-term change.
2: But surely there are habits or rituals or things that that could stop the fantasy. Or ground the fantasy or something. I don't know that we can ever stop something. Well,
4: it's what Michelle said earlier. You you can't live the fantasy. So what do you do? That's the first step. Peel it back, what you're visioning in fantasy world, what are you going for? What's the quality mm. or the feeling that you're going for? So if you are desperate to buy a house, uh, yeah. what's that about the physical home? Is it missing in you, right? You said it as a preamble to the show, Like wherever you go, there you are. The book was written called that, right? You don't, it doesn't, everything follows you. So for example, if you really are thinking, I just
3: want to be very literal, take the biker jacket for a minute, okay? Rachel really did obsess for a long time about getting this particular jacket. So take Michelle's question. What were you going for? What was the thing that you were hoping would be different about
2: the you in the world with that purchase? Well, it's interesting because- it's ne- what's so interesting is that now that I've started to really realize this issue in me. Oh, gosh. I know. This is so good. I've started to yes. not want to wear the jacket as much, so which out- is a drag because it was freaking expensive. A so reveal because this is so this is so I example. it was the defense. It was like tough. I was going to be really Tough and double third finger to everybody. Like you can't. There are lots of third fingers in this room right now. Hurt me with this jacket on. So as I've started to reclaim my vulnerability as a form of strength, I found myself not wanting to wear that jacket all the time. So that purchase
5: solved nothing. No except that my daughter likes it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. But nope. I think but I think what you're alluding to is like when you have a fantasy and it's and it means that you don't have to take responsibility for the current moment, then I think one one of the first steps also is you have to let go of the fantasy part of it. Yeah. It's it's not almost what do you have to do or what do you have to become it's what do you have to let go of.
3: How do you uh, hold on hold on hold on how I want how do you tease that piece out? How do I know which part to let go of?
5: Well, let's just list some examples. Um You know, for me, for example, I always thought that my rescue fantasy was going to be in a business that was going to become really successful. Okay, Um, And so I was overspending and I've corrected this because that's my job. If I'm not doing it, then everyone else is completely screwed Um, is uh, I was therefore driving myself into debt to build the business. Um, and that's why my finances throughout my hi- history have looked like a roller coaster ride, EKG chart of like up down, up yes, down, up yes. down. So by even though I still love and am very um, happy with the progress of our business to date and what is going to in the future, I don't look at that as any sort of rescue fantasy anymore. I'm very focused on how I save and invest now. I mean, it's it's really so. I've given up the fantasy that the business is going to save me, even though I still work just as hard. Of it, right? But I, it's right. it's really about taking responsibility right now. Which responsibility? What is it about response? It just feels like an icky word. Like I almost feel it bad really bringing does. it up. People are like, oh, responsibility. It's like just feel like the air just kind of. Fall See, that's out. why I
3: like the word agency because it's more empowering, right? Responsibility makes me feel. Bad somehow. Agency makes me feel empowered. I'm being more. But you something. know what's
2: ironic is that at the root of responsibility is the ability to respond. It really is about having the capacity for choice. That's the irony. We think of it as a burden, like I have to babysit tonight, but it's not. It's responsibility. So what if you want to leave our listeners with something we're
3: I mean, this look, these shows are already sort of game-changing for me. I, I'm going to have to take a serious, <laughs> serious... I've got a Balenciaga like... <laughs> jacket I'd like to list
2: for anybody who wants to buy it.
3: Um, yeah. So what what is the big awareness or aha that you're hoping people will have as a result of recognizing the fantasy?
5: I think it's the ultimate fantasy that I hope um, women in particular align themselves to is with is um, is I own my life like I'm in charge of my life and you know I have the fantasy of being in charge and um, of that and that is that's scary because it goes against the traditional femininity thing and then you go into this spiral but I want women to see the absolute thrill of what happens when you are in charge of your life because I have found that you know being able to have agency, agency is the perfect word, um, is the most thrilling rescue fantasy of all. And it's one that's that, that you can take care of in the present as opposed to making an object of the future that may or may not be attainable.
4: I would love people to use the fantasy to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Don't let go of it. That feels really scary and like, oh, Sad. you're making me... Like, that's hard. Some of these fantasies are lifelong. I mean, how many little girls still want to be a princess? Yes.
2: So how do you use that to your advantage? Use it
4: to your advantage. Sit there and say, what am I going for with this jacket? Mm -hmm. What am I going for with this spending spree? What am I going for with this overextension? And how many people I know in my life when I've overspent, I don't feel good about it. It's adrenaline in the moment, but you walk out of a store and you know, it's wrong. You beat yourself up. You stare at it in your closet. Then you come become a little self defiant and rationalize it. And there's all of this drama around that overextension. So just again, the new behavior doesn't have to present itself yet. Use the fantasy, pause, mental pause, Up on a shelf, what am I going for? And what is the healthy visualization that I want to start to manifest? Oh, my God. I have so much to say. But we
3: are happily going to have you back for show three. And we'll reveal in a moment when Rachel and I come back not only Rachel's fantasy, money fantasy, that thanks to Michelle and Amanda we may now just have to put on a shelf Mm. and revisit, But we'll also tell you what's coming up in our third show in the series. So we'll be back to the series on women and money with Rachel and Suzanne in just a minute. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. We're talking about women and money. And today we were talking about the danger of magical thinking, of fantasies when it comes to money. And everything they say leads me to rethink my own
2: well, relationship I, to money. And and to recognize how full my head is oh, of man. both stories and fantasies in relation to money. I mean, it is like this invisible thing that they've lifted the cloak off of and now I'm going... My head is so full of fantasies, Suzanne, at at my age, with grown daughters.
3: So let's let's just go there for a second. So what is the most disturbing fantasy you have? What's the one you're struggling with the most when
2: you think about magical thinking? Well, what I was thinking about while they were talking, the fantasy that I really am real-time struggling with, and I don't know what to do with it, is that I want to be with a man – I am single – and I want to be with a man who is going to take care of me. Okay, that's the phrase, you know, that we, I want to be taken care of. My whole life, I have been the person taking care, right – And you just mean financially. You're not talking about... Well, but it has... That's the thing that's so shameful about it. It has a sort of broader feeling to it. If it were just about money, again, nothing is just about money ever. So it's like well, Rachel, does that mean that you can't be with an artist who's not making a lot of money? Which you're very attracted to. That's my problem, is that I'm attracted to guys with edge and who are creative and and like, I'm not attracted to bankers and lawyers. I'm really not. Hedge fund managers, the people who could really take care of me without any problem. I don't really want that. And by the way, I also know that in those moments where a man tries to take care of me, oh, yeah, I will have a prison break like nobody's business.
3: So, what do you do? So, now you've heard Michelle and Amanda say, So, what's
2: behind the fantasy? So, what's really, what are you going for? I'm when I, you what's have what's behind that fantasy? the fantasy is fear. I'm just really afraid that I'm not going to be able to to support myself as I grow older and stop working, that I won't be able to support myself. That is my fear. Because I've worked, 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 worked all my life. What happens when I stop working? And by the way, I haven't saved enough. Nobody has. I did a a stupid while I was on a conference call not paying attention to you one day (laughs) talking. I did a quiz on Bank of America. Would you like it to take a retirement (laughs) quiz? Stupidly, I did answered all the questions and what popped up is you are 1.8 million dollars short of your retirement goals. Whoa. And ever since then I'm like, gotta find me a hedge fund manager. <laughs> and and but the thing is, is that fear, I need to just face it and look at it because the fact is nobody can save me. And when they try to, it's not going to be pretty. And why would anybody walk into my life as that savior? Why would anybody who's normal want to be that guy So one way out of this and and it's interesting because I'm watching
3: you do this and I, I wonder if you can put the two of these together you do have agency when it comes to our company right now. I mean you are as committed as I've ever seen you before in all these years to creating wealth to not just running a company that gives us a certain lifestyle and a certain freedom but you want to create something that will create wealth. Can you not say to yourself that, at the same time, you're allowing yourself over here to have that fantasy about a man. You actually are taking responsibility and having agency over here in your professional life. Yes, and to, you know what to I just you get know what? that one point
2: eight. Yeah, you know what I just saw. What? As I was embracing that and going, "Well, that makes perfect sense," I yeah. suddenly flashed on something. What? My story, that fantasy about the savior man who's going to take care of me is based on a story that if they're not that, they are like an albatross. They're like an iron anchor around my neck that's going to sink me to the bottom of the ocean. That is the actual assumption, like, get off me. Oh, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Right? I. That's the – and you know what? It's not true. It's not true. Just because you can pull your own weight in the world and not take care of me, that's really okay. It's just that you can't be like I can't be supporting you and
3: me. You know what I feel like we're doing? I think we're launching with Michelle and Amanda like a Dr. Phil. Yeah, off, we're Oprah, and they're Dr. Phil, Dr. Mashanda yeah. launching Dr. Mashanda, and then they're going to end up making that one point eight million.
2: Uh, we're going to be sorry. <laughs> did they not see the fine print on this little contract we have? Exactly. A little so equity position.
3: We are gonna continue doing our series on women and money with Worth FM and Amanda and Michelle. And when we come back, we are going to be taking a look at what happens in a partnership,
2: in a relationship, When a woman has the money, when one member of the partnership has more money than the other, and that person is you, and that's a shift from what had happened. I don't think it's
3: just going to be if it's you. I'm thinking it's we're going to have to unpack what happens, how you feel to be the person in the relationship I mean, if this were our partnership and like it is now, I have all of the insights, the intelligence and everything else. (laughs) And and the fantasies. (laughs) And
2: how do you feel in relationship to me? But I think it is true, Suzanne, what you're about to say is that it really is unique to women that when women have the power in in a relationship, even if it's a same-sex relationship, if you're a woman and you are seizing the power in the relationship around money, that is going to cause waves. And we're going to take
3: a look at that on our third show in the series on women and money when we come back to The Big Payoff with Rachel and Suzanne.
0: If you enjoyed today's show and want to hear more from Rachel and Suzanne, you can follow them on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio and like them on Facebook at The Big Payoff. Our theme music comes from Penthouse Suites. Hear more at penthouse S-W-E-E-T-S.com. Download past episodes and subscribe to the Big Payoff on the Acast app or at iTunes. And you can always find us online at bigpayoffradio.com.